Today we're going to be talking about the most anticipated films in 2017, as well as part one of our best of 2016, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt Hay. Hey there. Welcome. <laughs> Glad to have you guys here for our first inaugural podcast. Yay. It's going to be exciting. It is going to be exciting. So uh, Matt, Matt Hay here, uh, and I'm Joel Cunningham. We're going to be doing this going forward, hopefully a weekly podcast. Yep. Maybe bi-weekly. We'll see what We'll we see what do. happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens <laughs> when we get it going. Uh, Matt, why don't you uh, start off by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so just to give you a little background, just uh, as far as my love for film, mm-hmm. um, and television for that matter, um, kind of, uh, but more for film, but more for film. More for Absolutely. Film. Yeah. So it stems from my childhood and where one of the, uh, most fun things that I did when I was young and, uh, even now, um, but was my dad would take me to the movies mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. when, any given Friday night, Saturday night, that'd just be the number one thing that we would do. And that's how wow. we would bond. That's how we would hang out. <laughs> and that was what we did. And aside from it being really fun, it was um, something that kind of uh, planted the seeds, I guess you could oh, say, for me to be... I love the farming metaphors. Right, exactly. Perfect for a movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Planted the seeds to later on uh, reap the harvest, in Ooh. which I became a a uh, film aficionado. Oh, very nice. Actually, you know, I'm just a film fan. And today, folks, we're going to be talking about farming movies. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where a lot of that came from. And today it's still one of my, it, it is my favorite mm. uh, hobby, I guess, gotcha. or favorite thing to do just if I get a chance to go to the movies. That's, that's it. awesome. That's, that's it. great. So it gave you a good sense of films and all types of media and the filmic format sort of at a young age. Yep. So you had a good experience there. Good experience, yeah. Opened. We were talking about this earlier. Sort of opened your palate to more types of media. At a exactly, young age. exactly. I went to all kinds of movies, stuff I probably shouldn't have seen at such a young age. <laughs> but um, what was the worst? What was the worst one? Do you have any oh, idea? Oh man, um, no. You know, I, I don't know for mm, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I specifically remember. I remember. I don't know when it came out. Um, hmm. Uh, specifically, but striptease is that new? <laughs> no, yeah, that's definitely not in there. But the um, we saw, I remember, like, like they're usually like action movies, super violent, like oh, Predator and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Predator's a classic, though. I, I know, mean, but like, glad you're if you think about it, that what was I like five when that came out? I don't know. Probably, I don't know. How old were you when? I don't know. I don't, was... Yeah, I don't remember the exact date you were born. So, <laughs> right, you don't know that. Okay, I don't know that now. <laughs> but yeah, that's a you're little a bit of where I'm coming from. So, yeah. uh, specifically with you though, mm-hmm. where where are you coming from a little bit? Well, for me, I'm coming more. Um, I've you know more of a production background and a bit of an acting background. Um, I loved. I fell in love with with it at probably about the about the high school age. I always loved television. I was like watching shows, and some of my earliest memories that I had fun with are like you know watching. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers and Saturday morning cartoons and just really enjoying that. And I really loved video games as a kid yeah. and just that format. And then when I got into high school, I started doing video production stuff and kind of grew and grew and grew and started doing some writing and stuff. And so um, I just have a huge passion for intelligent 
quality uh, filmmaking because it's an it it is an art, and it is something that has the ability to emote a feeling in a person and implant ideas in their mind and their head and potentially improve their life, make their life better, or change their life. And I think it's a very strong format of that. You know, it's like a painting, but it's like thousands and thousands of paintings can happen. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, at one person to at a time. And so um, I just love that. I love the idea of the storying, storytelling, and I like really good quality um, yeah. versions of that. And so my experiences were much different. I came from a background where I think my first R-rated film was Outbreak. Okay. Which yeah. is like the softest R-rated movie you can see. I think right. it was R because it had one scene where a monkey dies yeah. or something <laughs> like that. And so um, my experiences with that, I think the the craziest movie I remember seeing at a young age was uh, Arachnophobia. Oh, yeah. And that was like scary as I'll get out to John me. John Goodman, so, right? Yeah, John yeah, Goodman. He's a spider killer spider guy. Spider killer, yeah. yeah. So Spoiler. good film. Yeah. So <laughs> let's just real briefly here, we talked a little bit about who we are. Um, would you like, Matt, to intro a bit about how this show is going to work going yeah. forward? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Uh, obviously a lot of this is our, our, our love for film, um, you know, being displayed, but we're going to have, you know, weekly topics where we're going to talk about, um, specifically, uh, we'll have segments where we're reviewing stuff that has come out recently. Yes. Um, whether it be film and even, uh, we'll have a segment where we will call it, you know, tube talk for now, where we Mm -hmm. actually get a chance to talk about the latest. Yeah, tube, tube top, top. Yeah. or tube talk, <laughs> tube where talk. we actually talk tube about, yeah. where we actually talk about um, what's happening in in television recently, yeah. and yeah. we can just kind of go over some of those things, so we can see what's going on, see see what we're feeling mm-hmm. about certain shows, whether it be the the Walking Dead, the the Flash, uh, don't or whatever is happening. Right <laughs> we won't, we won't even <laughs> yeah. go there right now. Yeah, we won't talk about that today, but. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like you said earlier today, we're going to be talking about what's coming up in 2017 that we're most excited about, mm-hmm. which there are a ton. Yep. Um, today, we, we won't even be really scratching the surface. There Not are so many movies coming Seriously. out that we're excited about. Yeah. Um, and talking about 2016, um, where about I- a year in review. Right. Yeah. And talking about kind of what's going on and how I may have been let down by quite a bit uh, really? of, of things. Really? I, really. You were let down? I was let down a little bit. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I had a similar experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Just so, a little. But th- at the same time, there yeah. are some things that were, were awesome that I wasn't expecting. Great. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that, but yeah, we'll we'll do uh, the the movie reviews. We'll even talk about some some news items, yeah. some things that are happening in development and in future upcoming movie projects um, uh, that are coming out later in 2017, and yep. um, those types of things. So we can kind of keep everybody up to date and and you know talk about what we we're thinking about, what's going on with those. Absolutely, we're gonna have. I mean, we're planning on having more hosts and guests to come in and. Yeah kind of talk as well once we meet people that we really feel like would be awesome to bring on (laughs) talk about different topics and stuff like that and so again you know i will put a disclaimer here and say we are recording these actually prior to them coming out by a pretty big margin so anything we're saying now you know a month from now when these get released maybe different maybe different so we're doing (laughs) our best to keep things you know current but it's a bit difficult when we're in you know a month before they're released we're in the past right now we are in Listeners, the past. We are in the past. It's a much different time <laughs> here in the past. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it then. Um, why don't we start off now by talking about our most anticipated films for 2017? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll I'll kick this one off. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So there are a ton. Like I said, we're not really scratching the surface, and and what we're talking about here is not necessarily the top of our most anticipated films, yeah. but they are on the list for our most anticipated. Absolutely, films. and this is something we're planning on spreading out for the next three podcasts, right. actually, for the top films of 2017. What we think are exactly so, um, 
my first one is the movie Split. Okay. Now, this this is a movie, it's going to be the latest from M. Night Shyamalan, um, who, as you know, had a stellar uh, beginning to yeah. his his directorial and uh, yeah. filmmaking career. He was like a darling of the industry. I mean, people loved that guy. People for a long time were like, the next Spielberg exactly, and all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. And then, um, the, <laughs> and then the happening then, happening. Well, before that, <laughs> um, the the village became divisive yeah. for a lot of people, and yeah. then from there, it kind of spiraled downwards for for most people. Yeah. Um, but recently, um, I don't know. Have you seen um, the visit? Did you see the visit? I did not see the visit. Okay. I've kind of sworn off most of Shyamalan films okay. for now so, after some of the horrible so, experiences. I so for me, I'm I'm a huge like thriller, suspense, and like horror fan. Yeah. yeah. And um and I I really liked the visit. Okay. Um and so that coming off of his his previous films, whatever they were like. The, like the happening or last airbender yeah. and, and yeah. those kinds of things. Um, <laughs> That's the one that and me. right yeah. and that one with Will Smith and his son. Um, oh, after Earth, after Earth, right? Oof. So, um, which I don't blame him solely for that. There's a lot of reasons why <laughs> right. you know the involvement of Will Smith got that messed up. So, so this movie I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, because I really enjoyed the visit and I felt like he it was kind of a return to his you know return to form for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that like thriller suspense vibe. Gotcha. And so I really enjoyed that. Uh, Split, now, not just a, from the directorial standpoint, but I'm really excited for that, for the um, acting power, mainly in James McAvoy. Yeah. And, and if you if you haven't seen the trailer for Split, you should check it out. It's it's yeah. creepy. Um, yeah. It's a great casting, right? I think that's going to be awesome for the film. And um, it, it's about this guy who essentially takes uh, kidnaps these these three um, girls, and through the course of this uh, their imprisonment, they actually mm-hmm. find out that the guy who kidnapped them is a split personality or a yeah. You know, whatever that disorder is called. 24 alternative. Yeah, alternative personality (laughs) disorder. So he has 23 different like people living inside the one body. And you see this and and you can sense that there's going to be some kind of crazy like um, trademark Shyamalan twist at the end. Absolutely. um, I've actually seen early reviews of this because it it, uh, premiered at, I can't remember what it premiered at, something recently. And it's, it's getting... Very, very positive reviews, yeah. and people are very excited because Shyamalan seems to be coming back. So anyway, I'm really, really <laughs> pumped about this movie. I think it'll be yeah. something special, uh, probably something I'll go see with my yeah. dad. With your dad. There <laughs> yep. you go. That's and great. So, yeah. It'll be cool. Yeah. It's a disassociative di- identity disorder. I yeah. Believe. That's what I'm pretty sure it's called, by the way. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I got a, a degree in psychology, but yeah. Do perfect. you? I do. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> the more you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. I think that's a, a very interesting film. I'm actually, I'm skeptical, but I'm excited to give him another shot, I right. guess. Hey, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I can't give him the benefit of the doubt, but I can give him another shot, I guess. He hasn't killed off his, his How are you strikes. with like thriller, suspense, horror? It's a mixed bag for me. Okay. I'm not a big horror fan. Okay. And I think the main reason for that is- I don't like to be titulated. I don't, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't, um, I think most horror hits kind of the lowest common denominator, mm-hmm. but a good horror film can, again, elicit more than just, I'm scared, this is scary, this is really scary. And that's kind right. of most horror films these days are just like, it's scary, it's scary, look how scary it is, crazy. 
Um, so, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, you know, films like Signs mm-hmm. and um, what he did there, which was it, it It uses kind of the scariness and the energy of the film. I think even, you know, we're, we'll talk about this at some point, but Arrival yeah. has a suspense element to it. And cool. I love when a film or a show can be suspenseful, which engages you with the characters, engages you with the story and the plot, but not just murder for murder's sake and right, not just right. torture. Right. I've seen a fair amount of the Saw films. and <laughs> It's nothing like that. So yeah, I, don't think it'll I was be like only that, but... interested in those films because the plot was so twisted and crazy, and it was like, oh, wow, this is interesting right. how it's going. But you know, after a while, it just got to be like, how can we torture these people? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't see it going that route, but I definitely get that there. But gotcha. um, yeah, hey, what's uh, what's next on your list? So for me, uh, the next the next film we'll talk about here, um, twenty seventeen, is Kong Skull Island. Woo! Um, this is being directed. This is so. This is interesting. It's being directed by a guy. A guy I might get his name wrong here. Uh, Jordan Vocht Roberts Ooh. or Vucht Roberts. Um, the interesting thing about him is that this is kind of his first major studio film. Um, he's done one other film that I believe was submitted to Sundance and got like a, a, a mention. It didn't get, it didn't win, uh, the grand jury prize, but it was the King of Summer. Okay. But you know, he's kind of like one of these, these directors that could be, you know, a new sort of up and coming type director. And he's done a lot of TV and shorts, um, before that. Um, but one of the great things about this film, which you, I think is very apparent from the trailer is that the cinematographer uh, is a guy named Larry Fong. And this is a guy, I mean, he did um, Now You See Me, Super 8, Sucker Punch, Watchmen, 300, um, which some of those films are, you know, maybe not plot-wise the best. But they look gorgeous, but right? But they look gorgeous. Right. Absolutely. And so um, I'm hoping what this is, is this is a combination of a very intelligent director and a very skilled cinematographer which makes for a beautiful thing when it happens. And based upon the trailer, I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, the writers of it are actually a couple of interesting people. So one guy named uh, Dan Gilroy, who you'll know from uh, Nightcrawler. He was the director and writer of that. But unfortunately, he also did Real Steel <laughs> as well as The Born Legacy, which a lot of people are like. So he's a bit hit or miss in there. Um, but we do have Max Bornstein, who was one of the writers uh, for Godzilla, or was the writer for Godzilla. Right. And so they're doing this really cool thing where they're actually starting to mix in the story of um, King Kong now. This is basically the the idea behind the story is that it's going to be um, uh, getting to know Kong kind of a thing. Like, where does Kong from, from, come from? Where is the story of his creation and progenesis and everything like that. So yeah, it's a Kong origin story. And basically, um, Max Bornstein was involved with the writing of it, and they're looking to mix this in with Godzilla and King Kong. So they're putting the two together. Yeah. Um, and it could be a really cool combo where they basically create this world where Kong and Godzilla exist. And, you know, Japan has had this going on for years where yeah. Godzilla Universe, there's tons of different stuff. They actually had a film where Godzilla took on Kong. and Right. You know, they they ended amicably. I'm pretty sure Kong got beat down, but they ended amicably. They, they gave each other high fives. Yeah, they and you know went away. off and got yeah. Slurpees together. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they had a great time together. Um, and then the last writer that's involved, this is a guy named John Gattins. Um, he's doing the upcoming Power Rangers film, which Ooh. looks surprisingly good. Yeah, I'm kind of. And then uh, he was the writer for Flight. Oh, okay. But he's also the writer for Need for Speed. So yeah, kind of back and forth in that. <laughs> um, interesting castings. Brie Larson. Um, most notable for me uh, was 21 Jump Street in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She played Envy in Scott Pilgrim, which is one of my favorite films yeah. of modern time. Recent film. Um, and then Tom Hiddleston, who's Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, John Goodman, who, I mean, 
John Goodman. Yeah, you know, that's all you need to say. Carries a weight. And yeah. then uh, Samuel Jackson and John C. Riley. So it could be a really good thing. It. I'm kind of, you know, it's a new director, new kind of bigger studio environment right. for him. We'll see how he handles that. Um, I like the fact that they're trying to kind of expand the Kong universe. One of my all-time favorite films, if somebody had to like, put a gun to my head or something and said, what's your favorite film of all time? I'd probably say King Kong. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. The original, 1933, not the, any of the remakes that kind yeah. of ruined it after that for me. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited about this one. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be, I'm super excited for it also. I uh, I love that trend that they're doing with the, the, the directors are bringing like up and comers who really haven't done a ton, you know? Yeah. They did that with uh, Gareth Edwards a little bit in, yeah. in the Godzilla movie, which I really enjoyed for the most part. Say, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that didn't like it, but I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. And so I'm really excited to see how they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely scaled up Kong a little bit because yeah. yeah. traditionally he was a lot smaller. And when I first, you know, heard they were going to be joining them together, I was like, <laughs> Godzilla's just going to step on him. Yeah. He's know? just going to flick him with his tail. And but be like, Kong is ginormous now. Tail. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to be very exciting and all my childhood dreams are going to become true. And whenever that movie comes out, <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, next film. Yeah, so uh, the next one for me, which I'm super pumped about, is mm-hmm. Logan. Okay. A um, couple of reasons why. Uh, one of them being the trailer is one of the best trailers I have seen <laughs> in a long time. Are you a Johnny Cash fan? Yeah. You are Johnny well, Cash fan. Okay. Well, specifically in, in regards to the tone of this film, yeah. it seemed wildly appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just, the, just the kind of the... This is... For those who don't know, this is Hugh Jackman's last go at being Wolverine. Yeah, he's not going to be Wolverine ever again. At least, uh, yeah. at least he says so. Um, so <laughs> Unless we'll, he starts playing like an old. I mean, he's looking great, but right. he's getting there to where he's going right. to be. Right, like, and I Rrr. think I think they're portraying this like it seems like in the trailer he's so um, he's having a hard time healing. It seems like a little yeah. bit, um, yeah. but it, it's potentially in there. It's kind of unclear at the moment, but it seems like they're going to be. Passing on the baton mm-hmm. of sorts to a, a new Wolverine type figure, uh, which her name eludes me, but it's going to be uh, potentially the X-23 character, which was in the comics who had that adamantium claws, yeah. um, that whole deal. So very similar, the healing factor, all right. that stuff. But um, the way that this trailer is portraying it, um, and it's also going to be the first um, R-rated uh, right. of anything you know, right, excluding Wolverine. his director's cut remake of the last of the Wolverine, Wolverine new, film, yeah, yeah that's so, the first R. And if you see the international trailer, you'll see immediately why <laughs> there's one <laughs> shot in there that's intense, um, yeah. and that's yeah, understandably why it would be rated R. Yeah, um, but he takes his kid to a bad movie, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, no, it's. I'm really excited about it. Uh, James Mangold, I actually really, I, I really like the Wolverine. Uh, the stuff at the end, yeah, sure, got a little, yeah. a little weird, but I appreciated it for what it was overall. It was a little bit less, it felt a little bit less um, comic booky, superhero yeah. to me, and I kind of appreciated that. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I know Hugh Jackman's really excited about it. Uh, Patrick Stewart is in this. Yeah, um, he's looking super, super old. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he's potentially gone yeah. um, after this as well. But um yeah anyway i'm really excited about it i think it's gonna be um good fun send off for Mm -hmm. for hugh uh but yeah any thoughts on that well i think the big thing uh, i'm excited about it i did like the trailer i i hold a little bit of a hesitation just because one factor in particular which is the child element when you take a movie 
that's a action suspense film and you put a kid in there, you know, there's always the tendency, you know, Indiana Jones factor, kind of Temple Doom. This could become like, oh, I've got to protect the kid, and it becomes this really cheesy thing. Right. And it, it it just it can ruin the film. Right. So I'm a little bit worried about that. So I'm an eternal optimist, and I will always <laughs> I yeah. will always be <laughs> I will always be like it's gonna be awesome yeah. until it's not. You gotcha. Know? Yeah. Um. So I I think it's gonna be all right because I think what you might see is that that child uh, element factor. Uh, especially in a, in a rated R environment, I think it'll stay away from that. Because I don't get yeah. that cheesy feeling from the trailer. I didn't either. So, you know, I'm holding out hope. I watched it a couple times to see if I could right. pick up what the role they kind of have her in right. in the film. And she seems like she's more there as like a catalyst right. to the action, yep. which I think in that fashion, she can function well in the film. But if she's like the main focus mm-hmm. of the film, then it becomes a difficult issue for me that it would be hard to overcome. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm excited cool. to see it. I'm giving it a shot for yeah. sure. I think I'm there's a lot of good stuff with it. pumped. Anyway, so what, what do we got next? So this is the last one we'll be talking about today. Um, this film is one that I am a huge fan of the series and basically wondered if they could potentially do this the way that they're, um, they're saying that they want to do it. Um, this film is Alien Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Alien Covenant is it's a sequel of sorts. It's still a prequel to the Alien um, series, but the synopsis is a crew of the colony ship Covenant discovers what they think is an uncharted paradise, um, but it's really a dark, dangerous world where the sole inhabitant is the synthetic David, who is the survivor of the doomed Prometheus expedition. So, at the end of the Prometheus film, <clears throat> uh, the two characters, the two ones that are sort of left over, uh, Naomi and who plays Shaw and basically um, David are left on the ship and they're flying off and they're like, we're going to find these Prometheus guys. And then we don't really know what happens. And so I was personally pretty disappointed um, with Prometheus. There was elements that I thought were cool, specifically the visuals, but there was some really dumb story elements and just (laughs) some really dumb character moments where it was like, you know, Hey, I should grab this scary lizard thing that just jumped out of some primordial goo and, you know, or, Hey, this giant thing is collapsing on me. I should just run you know straight. And there's a lot of different reasons for it, but, um, I'm also excited because it's Ridley Scott, who I Mm -hmm. think in a lot of ways does have a very good vision for films and is a very visionary director, director, obviously, you know, started the alien series, started the Blade Runner thing. Um, but, um, I've seen a couple interviews that they've done of him where it's kind of left me concerned a bit that this could go in a wrong direction. Um, one right. is the amount, the writers that are attached to it. Um, the first one that actually was involved was a guy named Michael Green who wrote uh, Green Lantern. Mm. Um, so he's classic. got some, yeah, classic. <laughs> he's got some good credits. I mean, he wrote Logan, but he also um, is rewriting, he's writing the Blade Runner sequel. Okay. And he's done a ton of TV shows. And then they have a guy uh, who wrote, Jack Paglin, who wrote Transcendence. Ooh. So, yeah. So, there's some <laughs> tough writers that have been attached to this. The oh, one man. kind of saving grace, if you will, is that they have a guy named John Logan um, who is doing rewrites on the script, apparently, after these two people had gone through and written the script. Uh, John Logan got involved. And John Logan, if you know him, he's the guy that wrote um, really great films The Aviator, Gladiator, Sweeney Todd, Spectre, Skyfall great writer. Mm-hmm. So I'm very encouraged by having him there. That is good. And having him do that. Um the DP is a great guy. He's worked on a few of the films that Ridley Scott has done and he did The Martian as well as uh, Prometheus and Pirates of the Caribbean series and Sweeney Todd. So right. there's good elements to it. I think I'm I'm more concerned because 
of, and this is what I was talking about in the beginning, Ridley Scott did an interview where he basically jokingly said that he sort of recognized the value of sequels. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his films, I think, were so great. Um, Blade Runner, for example, was a great film because it's its its own universe and self-contained and it's not trying to build this whole world, you know, like The Matrix tried to do. You know, and it ended up being a great film for what it was, but then we've seen now he's done some films that have kind of like not really done great. Yeah. Um, he did great, you know, stuff, Gladiator, The Martian, Blade Runner, but then he did Robin Hood, he did The Counselor, which was horrendous. That was right. in 2013, and Prometheus as well, which was very controversial type film. And that was more due to, I think, the the rewrites that kind of got thrown yeah. in there last minute. But what what are your thoughts? So I'm one of those guys that kind of will, like, keep my thoughts hidden on this because I liked Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, I liked elements of it. Right. So I, I liked Prometheus, but um, the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for this movie. Uh, they, re, they, the, the poster for it is so good. Oh yeah. The poster is great. It's incredibly creepy. If, yeah. you, if you haven't seen it, it's essentially just a, almost half of, uh, of xenomorph. one of the xenomorph, yeah. like the alien's face, like snarling at you. And above it, it just says run, which <laughs> is great advice. But is that run to the film? Run away from the film? I mean, you know. <laughs> I think they leave it up to interpretation. Leave it up to interpretation. There you <laughs> but go. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about it. From what I've been hearing about it, obviously the actors and anybody involved with the film is going to talk. Yeah. Good. You know, they're going to say good things about it. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I know that Danny McBride is in, which is a weird choice. That's so. That's the other thing. I, I'm not sure about the <laughs> casting there. But I think I think it's okay because from from what I'm getting in, in interviews that I've seen with him, um, then also with Michael Fassbender is uh, is that the movie is is very scary. There's mm-hmm. going to be more of the like original Alien like uh, scariness to it. Um, and yeah. uh, Danny Mc, McBride saying he's not just like the funny guy. Yeah. So I think I think. With that alone, I'm I'm excited about because that's what the first movie was. The first Alien was, um, it was it was a scary movie, you know, and yeah. it was less and like Aliens came in and which was great, but it changed. It took it from that that horror scary element, but turned it into like a, a, a sci-fi action thriller, right? And I so think it really worked. I I get what you're saying there. I think so. My problem about with that a bit is that you know Ridley Scott did the first film, and mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a comedy. It really was a dramatic suspense horror mm-hmm. thriller kind of set in space film. Right. And then Aliens was a sequel. It was done by a completely different director. So I, I'm not sure. I don't see. I don't see Ridley Scott as a comedic kind of director, right. and I'm fine with him bringing in a bit of humor to add some levity. I mean, you had Bill Paxton in the second right, movie. Game over, man. Game. <laughs> I was going to compare right. him to that. But yeah. I get that. I and if that's kind of what he's going for here, you know, he's trying to have that voice of like release in a way in a film yeah. when things get serious. You need kind of some humor to yeah. make it not be so crazy. Um, so I'm fine with that. But Danny McBride, man, like if you've seen the stuff that he's been involved yeah. in. I mean, he just is some really off the wall kind of silly, you know, stuff. Yeah. Stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I'm I'm again the eternal optimist. I will I will always think it's going to be awesome until it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah. Cool. So at this point, we kind of talked about all of our 2017 uh, most anticipated for this uh, podcast. We're going to be doing parts two and three in the upcoming podcasts and. So hopefully stay tuned. We're going to be giving you probably about four more each episode. So total of, you know, whatever that is. I can't think right now, 12 films that are most anticipated, which is, there's a huge list. It's probably even more than that I'm excited about. But yeah. Yeah. So let's move on and we'll do our best of 2016. Yeah. Part one. Yeah. So 
Um, what, Matt, would you say, starting off, your first pick for your best of 2016? So, again, this is in no particular order. This is not saying this is my favorite movie of the year, but this is I, this is just a couple. There's a couple on here that I'm, I was really surprised with, and the first one for me was 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Um, that was a surprising one. Yeah. I I... I know I knew you think differently on this. I enjoyed the first Cloverfield. I, okay. I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was really cool, <laughs> different spin on the How found footage you. thing. <laughs> and um when when this one was announced, first of all, it was announced in a completely unconventional way. Yeah. Uh the trailer dropped um out of nowhere, it wasn't uh announced or anything like that. It yeah. it, it came out two months before the movie was supposed to come out and up until that point the movie that was going to come out was called Valencia which that's a whole backstory in itself yeah but um uh it just randomly was like oh hey you know what this is going to be a new Cloverfield movie and it's going (laughs) to be somehow loosely related to what happened in the first Cloverfield yeah Um, I think it was so surprising as well because the the um, I can't think of his name right now, but he had been involved in working on Star Wars at the moment. JJ. JJ. So everybody was like, "Where would this come from?" Even because JJ was obviously the one that started the right, you know, the series. So yeah. And and um, the guy who's working on it again, it's another one of those situations. And I love JJ for this because he's been doing this a lot um, with a number of different people, but he's like shepherding like a new generation of, yeah. of directors in, and which so is the, great because he worked with Steven Spielberg right. and got shepherded. So yeah. it's kind of like he's he's. Paying it back, kind of, I guess, kind of a thing. <laughs> and so, kind. what happens? Uh, he got this guy named Dan Trachtenberg, who did this uh, short that was successful on YouTube uh, about Portal, mm-hmm. um, yeah. based off the video game. And uh, he got called to the big leagues uh, yeah. in a super secret project. And <laughs> while um, JJ was filming Star Wars: uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg and crew for 10 Cloverfield Lane were actually working on this and sending him dailies and right. getting updates and getting all his feedback. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all going on simultaneously. Yeah. And um, and I think that's just super great, just the, kind of the whole backstory and the, the unconventional way that it, it kind of came about. But right. I went to it, you know, excited because I like the first Cloverfield, mm-hmm. but I was blown away by this movie. It was, it's this really, really small, like, for the majority of the movie, you're you're with three people. Yeah. And if you don't know the premise of it, if you haven't seen it, 10 Cloverfield Lane, it's a, this this lady, she ends up getting um, in a car wreck and ends up, wakes up in this like cellar, um, this like bunker, and is trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, through just a lot of different things, you're you're trying to figure out if the guy that, that brought her to this bunker is actually in fact there to help her or if there is something more nefarious kind of in, in mind, in his mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. And, um, and it was just really, really brilliantly shot the whole time. It felt tense. Yeah. Uh, did really, really good job as far as that's concerned. And, um, and then uh, at the end, that <laughs> the end is where people got a little bit divisive <laughs> on it. I personally really, really liked it, but, mm-hmm. um, just overall, I was really, really impressed by 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's probably one of my favorite movies. Not necessarily that it was the most, well-made movie yeah uh but just for hitting all the right elements for me i was it was one of my favorite movies yeah sure i would and i would agree with a lot of that it's it's essentially it's a bottle episode of a film and it's set in one location it just takes place in one place and it it stays there for most of the movie except you know a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end right um but it did it well and it did in the best way it could do it it kept it suspenseful kept it interesting you never got the feeling that they're kind of like just spinning your wheels and making time progress, you know, unless that was purposeful. They're like, okay, well, time right. is passing. <laughs> um, you know, John Goodman was an amazing actor in that film. Yep. I think 
what the director did there was smart, which is always a good idea from what I've seen is if you don't have a lot of money and you don't have the ability to do something like big outlandish type thing, go with great casting, right. get really strong actors. And he got really good actors in there and did a really good job with it. This was a, this, this movie snuck up on me actually, because, you know, like we talked about, I wasn't a huge feel fan of the Cloverfield movie, the mm-hmm. first one. Um, I thought it was just laugh. So <laughs> we won't go into that. But, um, so I didn't end up seeing this one in theaters cause I was thinking like, what a joke they're making another Cloverfield, which is bad on me. <laughs> um, but so I ended up uh, renting this one and watching it and, um, seeing it on, on DVD at home. And I was like, wow, just so impressed by what they were able to do with the budget, you know, with the director being kind of his first major, you know, project right. or anything like that. And, I think definitely saw some semblance of like, you know, JJ's influence kind of in there and probably got them the connections to like the big actors and everything right. like that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really solid film. It was much more, it was an under, it was like a, a sleeper hit right. you know, for me right. and I didn't expect coming. Yeah. No, that's really, it's really awesome. And it makes me excited for what's to come. Yeah. Um, it's going to, yeah. it's uh, this whole Cloverfield anthology thing happening now. Yeah. Well, so. and I would definitely encourage anybody out there that hasn't seen it, check it out. It's a good film. Yep, totally. And cool. uh, so this this uh, this next one mm-hmm. for uh, our our best, our favorite of 2016. I haven't had a chance to see it, but y- but you've seen it. Yes, and it's one that a lot of people are. Re- I mean, they're getting it's getting a lot of really good reviews, and it, there's a good reason for it. Um, the film we're talking about is Arrival, um, and it's a film that came out uh, just recently for us, maybe about two weeks ago. Right. <laughs> um, at this point, probably. A- couple months back but um i could definitely see it being nominated for certain awards and definitely winning for a couple different things um and i'm gonna do my best here because i don't want to spoil anything for you and make you go ah joel stop talking um (laughs) but it was a it was one of those movies that um they kept a lot hidden from you and i think it's important as well i would say that if if you can uh try not to go into it having seen a lot of trailers and a lot of previews um and get a ton of information on it because I think it's better experienced when you don't have a lot of preconceived ideas of what's going to be happening. So I'm saying that and I'm about to talk about it. Right, but right. <laughs> yeah, so spoiler warning and of sorts, hopefully, I guess, for people. Yeah. Hopefully not, though. <laughs> um, but basically the film, it takes place kind of in the modern time and it's about this young la- this lady um, and she's basically trying to um, learn how to speak with these aliens that sort of come to Earth. And it's this process that she goes through of trying to learn this language and what it means and how it works and how it influences her and just the reality of on earth. If, you know, imagine if we were sitting here now and we get a breaking news story that aliens actually landed, you know, what would that be like? How would the earth respond? How would people respond? What would they do and how would that work? So it's very real in that sense. Um, And just kind of the story, the progress that it goes through um, visually, it was good. It wasn't like the best visuals I've ever seen. Um, it was good though. And I think the director who's done some really good films in the past, um, was working with, from what I understand, was working with a different DP than he's worked with in the past on it, but, uh, still did a really good job. Yeah, with I think it. his name is Bradford Young. Yes. Bradford yeah. Young. So, um, overall, I, I just would say that it's a film where if you're really into story and you're really into character and everything like that, um, it's going to be one of those films that it's just you're just going to fall in love with. The there was a couple elements specifically at the beginning and at the end where it kind of came across and felt a little melodramatic mm-hmm. at times. It was kind of like you know soap opera y almost um, at times. But the overall story and overall process and the things that go through and the things that come out and there's some really cool things that you're just not really expecting necessarily that kind of come into play. Just amazing. Yeah. So I hear. It. 
so this is what I keep hearing is is this is more of like the thinking man's alien invasion yes. movie. So it's it's yeah. it's not something that that um I I'm not really expecting to go into it thinking it's like like Independence Day, you know. <laughs> like yeah, not mayhem. not at all. Um but uh yeah, so so that's super exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. It, I am excited. It, well, I'm I'm excited cuz I know he's he's actually the one working on Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner sequel. Oh, okay. So I know we talked about that, but um the director of it um he he's i was concerned because obviously it's a sequelitis type thing and yeah. it might go bad and i felt like he's really proven to me that he's capable of taking something that can have a deep complex science fictiony type story you know it's one of those things that you know if you look at christopher nolan or something like that where they can create these sort of worlds within our world mm-hmm. um, but do a very good job with that and and telling that story very well That's so awesome. makes me excited for seeing that film and seeing kind of what he's got coming up he did you know he did sicario he did prisoners he did a bunch of films that were really popular right. um, and were really great Dennis Villeneuve yeah his name yeah uh, yeah and uh, side note uh, the cinematographer Bradford young mm-hmm. is going to be the cinematographer on the new Han Solo film oh cool uh, anthology okay. Star Wars film so that'll be cool I'm questioning that one we'll see how that one goes but <laughs> we'll see um the last thing I'll say about this um, the main cast in here Amy Adams Jeremy Reiner they did a great job um, you all said Forrest Whitaker the Forrest Whitaker's great actor obviously he's done a really good job the look that he had a couple times was weird. I think he's, he, honestly, it's his age or something. Okay. It was actually a couple shots. It was funny because in the theater, there's actually a couple shots where you see him and people were laughing. I don't know if it was maybe just the, really? the way that the scene worked, <laughs> but he kind of okay. looked like, I, I love the guy. He's a great yeah. actor, but it just, maybe the moment in and of itself was well, more you. funny than anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's Arrival and hopefully it didn't spoil anything for no, you. No, it's totally fine. It's perfect. Yeah. Um. So this next one, uh, one of my favorites from 2016 mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're, I think there is, and I think we're going to end up getting a lot of Oscar buzz from this film. It's yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Um, and a couple of things that go into this. Um, one thing that was really surprising to me, cause I didn't get to see his, one of his last films that got a lot of acclaim, um, which was 99 Homes is Andrew Gar- Garfield. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. I didn't know he could do that. I've only <laughs> seen him in um, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where I got introduced oh, to him. Oh, and uh, Social Network, right? So right. He, actually, he was really great in that movie, oh, too. Oh, that's true, yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. N- nobody knew who he was at the yeah. time. So, um, wow, in Hacksaw Ridge, there's a whole, like, he... he he just embodies this character. This, yeah. this. If you don't know what Hacksaw Ridge is about, I, just, I guess I should give some background on that. It's essentially it's a, it's based on a true story. Um, essentially, um, this guy named Desmond Doss who um, joins the military uh, in hopes to to help uh, people serve his country, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to uh, touch a gun or, or hold a gun for yeah. that matter. He wants to do it in his own way. So he yeah. ends up becoming a medic um, and essentially just saving people and mm. helping people uh in that way there are um there are some things that could get into spoiler territory but it is a true story so i feel like maybe mm. this is just kind of out there anyway yeah um i mean if you haven't heard this story at this right point, yeah. <laughs> so but i mean he, he does things where he he he'll even save uh the opposing force the the uh japanese yeah and it's it's like wow like the 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 courage yeah. everything that went behind this was it was incredible to see this portrayed on on in film format. Yeah, I think the the other really surprising thing and really cool thing about this is 
it's it's a Mel Gibson film, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen from him <laughs> in like ten years. Yeah, a lot of people felt like he's pretty much dead. You right, know? his career's over. So, um, man, he can direct a movie. You know, yeah. say what you will about his personal life and whatever that may be. Uh, I felt like this this movie was really really well done. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it harkens back to like like his Braveheart days. I felt mm-hmm. like um, there the only negative thing I'd say if there was something about it would be yeah. more of like um he it felt like two two stories where the 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 scene from where you learn about Desmond's mm-hmm. character and background to where it yeah. flips over into the full on war stuff seemed right. a little little bit like there wasn't as smooth of a transition into that part of it. So it yeah. seemed like two movies kind of coming together, but but they're two really good movies. <laughs> so um yeah, Hacksaw Ridge great it's it's incredibly violent yeah uh it portrays war in a, in a probably a very realistic way but it was, it was really really well done mel gibson fantastic job very very surprised will forever <laughs> be surprised with andrew garfield he's even coming out um he's 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 in this movie silence too yeah. that i think is going to get it's some a martin scorsese film right i think that's going to get some some oscar recognition too i haven't had a chance to see it but yeah um yeah awesome hacksaw ridge yeah so i Felt similarly. I think uh, Andrew Garfield was great in the film. Um, I felt like there was definitely some some moments where it it was it, the weird thing was like the first half of the film is like a kids movie almost, minus the little li- big intro part with the violence and everything. Right, it's almost like a kids film. It's like a family drama. It felt a little different, right? Right, and right. then all of a sudden, like right when the battle starts and they start going into like the fight that they're going to be doing at Hacksaw Ridge, it's like. This is an R-rated movie, right. you know what I mean? So <laughs> yes. it was it was weird to me. It was a bit disjointed. Right. And it was totally it, it took me a moment to kind of <clears throat> make that shift right. mentally. Like, okay, yeah. now we're doing a war thing. Um, but I will say that it was important that they they portrayed that opening, mm-hmm. I think honestly, and it was very it felt it felt like that was probably the way something like that would have gone down. Right. Um, part of my fear with it was that they were going to make people look unduly evil or unduly bad because like when you're familiar with the story it's basically the story of this guy who's unwilling to uh, pick up a gun and kill people Mm -hmm. even though he wants to participate in the war he wants to be somebody that's actively helping to fight this war he doesn't want to kill anybody he doesn't want to shoot anybody because of his faith he's a seventh-day adventist and so he's picked on and he's harassed and physically abused and other things while he's going through like basic training and from people and family and everything like that and kind of is put in this position where he's like, I'm doing this because it's I have to do it. I feel like this is my faith and something I can strongly do. And I think we can all relate to something like that. That's yeah. a message that we can all hold on to and say that there's certain things that if pressured, I would love to think that I could face off against a force like this. Mm-hmm. Um and then he's literally put under not just like the people that love him and care about him judging that and saying bad things about it, but then literally like life or death situations yeah. where he could make a decision to do something. Um, and it's funny, though, the thing that I really enjoyed about it um, was I enjoyed how they, they were very, like I said, very real about the way that I felt like something like this would kind of go um, in that he's like, well, I can't pick up a gun to shoot somebody, but I can drag somebody across the ground while they're shooting other people. Right, right. And that's totally acceptable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I can say, OK, there's guys over there. Go shoot them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that was like really funny. I mean, because it's very honest. Yeah. Um, and they did a good job, I think, as well, kind of at the end there, incorporating the real people and the real that story was, of it. That was, that made it over the top for me. Yeah, That's awesome. That's which awesome. I'm always kind of hopeful that at least like in the credits or something like that, they'll add a, a yeah. reference to that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, overall, I felt like it was a great film as well. And 
yeah. a sea of maybe not necessarily the best year for films always. Right. Which we say that every year, but definitely this year for sure. was a bit of a harsh one. So awesome. So that was our film part one, best of 2016. We're going to pick that up again coming up the next, the second, which will be our second, third, and third podcasts um, coming up in the future, which you'll be able to listen to. Yep. Definitely encourage you to check that out. So now what we'd like to do is go ahead and move into the new segment where we talk about a couple things that are going to be happening in the industry, in the film and television world. We haven't talked too much about television today, but it's something that we do talk about on occasion here in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, what news do you have for us? Yeah, so there are a, a couple of, of new things uh, out recently. One of them is being... Wait, news things or new things? News. News things. News oh, things. very clever. News yeah. and new things. <laughs> new news things. It's going to be incredible. Okay, so uh, <laughs> one of those is being that Fox, uh, so 20th Century Fox, mm-hmm. has set uh, two new release dates for uh, two secret Marvel films that are uh, (laughs) to be named or disclosed. Yeah. So, um, and there, one of them is at the end of 2017. One is at the beginning of 2018. Okay. Um, So are any of these under production currently, do you know? They're kind of vague about that. I would imagine that they are. Yeah, because if they're going to release it at the end of 2017. At least pre. Yeah, in pre-production. But for the most part, um, when they say Marvel movies, they don't own a lot of rights. Yeah, for Marvel films, they yeah. own Fantastic Four and X Men, and, oh, and and a lot of X Men related like people uh, like Deadpool. You yeah, know? I'm trying um, to think if they would dare try and do another Fantastic Four after the last <laughs> one flopped so recently. Simon Kinberg said he might, they might do that, but I don't, okay. I don't think, I don't think they will. It was, it was awful movie. Yeah. Uh, other than Independence Day Resurgence, it was mm-hmm. one of my worst reviewed films. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. A lot so. Of Right, exactly. Yeah. And so with this, you could go a couple of different routes. Obviously, one of those, I feel like probably the February one, just because mm-hmm. it worked so well last time, is it's Deadpool 2 is what I would imagine. Yeah. Um, the other ones, I know they have, they've been thinking about New Mutants and an X-Force mm-hmm. film, which is, X-Force is kind of like the the gang, the crew that hangs out with Deadpool and like Cable and those yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my thought. I could see X-Force. I don't, I don't see them, again, I don't see them touching... Uh, Fantastic Four. I don't see them touching that, and they've got a lot of other stuff that's coming and going and happening with X Men. So unless right. they're planning on doing like a major reboot type thing, <laughs> but I mean that wouldn't really surprise anybody. So yeah, I mean it seems like if they're going to re- reveal it as some sort of secret type project, then right. um, I would think X Force would be pretty possible, or yeah. New Mutants, or maybe some other X Men spinoff something. I know they were going to do yeah, Gambit, but that got canned. Yeah, um, I thought that was a good idea. Personally, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's really it on that. Um, the the other main one I wanted to talk about, and I have I have some opinions about this, but there was an interview with uh, Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, who's kind of kind of the uh, Disney Star yeah. Wars brain trust. She's a producer extraordinaire, by right. the way. She's done some amazing projects, right? Yeah. So uh, she essentially was asked about like the the new Star Wars. Uh, episodic films and then the mm-hmm. anthology series like you know hey are we going to are, are we going to get more episode films beyond seven eight and nine that are yeah. slated yeah um or are you guys just planning on doing anthology films and she mm-hmm. said you know i don't know possibly we're still kind of considering a lot of different things yeah um <laughs> so my thought on that is i absolutely think they are going to continue with episodic films mm-hmm. maybe not right away yeah after the this next trilogy yeah but um yeah, I mean they could let it they could let it kind of take a break cuz this is it 
the funny thing is, is that, you know, if you look at when the films were made, there's kind of like each century in a way, I mean, roughly kind of each century kind of has its own, you know, right. or it's 10 year period, I should say, right. in the century. Yeah. <laughs> generation. Each, yeah. Each generation, <laughs> I should say, goodness, thousands of years, um, <laughs> has their own like sort of Star Wars uh, type segment. And I will say apologetically that the episode one, two people got screwed pretty bad. I right, mean, that right, was, right. Really bad series of Star Wars films, yeah. and we're getting this new resurgent. And so, what they might end up doing, my thinking is, you know, let kind of the seven, eight, and nine films saturate the market, their popularity kind of get out there, you know, give it some time for a new generation to kind of fall in love with the idea of Star Wars, and then have a new generation of actors and a new generation of directors and people right. like that to like kind of get involved with the series. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the it's sort of like this lull that they kind of do between. Um, some sort of series or something like that. Right. Like whenever they're rebooting a series, you know, usually they'll, as long as it didn't flop, they'll usually give it like a, a professional courtesy of time right. to like, let it be removed from our minds. Right. So I agree. I yeah. think that's, I think that's a route that's going to happen. They'll give a little bit of a, a break, but they'll continue the episodes. I think also um, Disney owns Star Wars, but Disney mm-hmm. also owns Marvel studios. Yeah. And yeah. I think if, if anything they they look at how successful their Marvel films are, yeah, and through the through that model of having you know the standalones, and then they all kind of come together for the the Avengers, you know, and then they all have their standalones, and they all come back together. Yeah, I think that they could possibly look at that because they're they're wildly successful, profitable in that area. If they, I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of what they model their Star Wars stuff into, you know. Um, but yeah. No, so I, I think um, I think that we'll see that um, after the this initial seven eight nine trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think we'll get a little break, but I think they're going to pick it up probably within five years at Agreed. the at the most. So totally agree. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? No, I'm totally in agreement. Cool. Awesome. Well, that is basically it for some of the newer uh, news items. Cool for today. Well, that's all pretty much we have for the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and sign off for today. Um, encourage you, everybody, to give definitely give us a follow. Um, where can they find us, Matt? Yeah, so uh, for me, you can find me on basically every social media outlet at Matt Hay Original. Um, in addition to that, uh, I have the, the Real Review uh, YouTube channel. You mm-hmm. can check that out as well. It's a fun channel. Uh, yeah, check it out. I, do I, some videos. Yeah, yeah, do some videos. Have some fun there. How about you, Joel? Um, pretty much here. This is the place you can check check in with me and get connected. Um, you can always find me on Facebook or something like that. And obviously, we're going to put a Facebook page up so people can uh, follow the Real Review Facebook. And your MySpace. And, and my MySpace. Yep, cool. Got that stuff like there. <laughs> the tweets with the Twitters and everything yep. like that. So thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Looking forward to talking to you again in the future. And uh, it's been real. Super real. Super real. <laughs> <laughs> a little too real. That was good. I me. like I like you threw that in there. That was good. I was like in the back of my head that I was